This episode of the podcast is brought to you by owning furniture that was given to you, so you feel like an asshole if you get rid of it, even though it looks really tacky. I mean, is everyday life really so exciting? The schools and offices so thrilling that I'm the only one who ever fantasized about this? Come on, be honest with yourself. At some point in our lives, we all wanted to be a superhero. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that attempted to be superheroes and got stabbed their first day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to discuss Kick-Ass. Yeah, we are. Really uh, fun movie. Oh, yeah. What a good movie. I remember mm. the first time that I saw this movie. So first off... It's really fun. This movie has like it, it kind of like sits in like a weird place where like it doesn't take itself too seriously, but also kind of takes itself very Way seriously. Too seriously. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but it also like has a really good balance and it kind of works perfectly. Yeah, like the comedy aspect to it is really good. I really enjoy the fact of like how they took the idea of a superhero film and really like flipped it on its head. Yeah. Because this could have easily been like a Batman type story. Mm-hmm. But they took it the completely other route where it's literally like if you and me just put on costumes <laughs> and tried to a fight crime. Suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Zach, give us the run of who's in it. I'll give you the plot and then we will discuss. All right. So Kick-Ass came out in 2010. I can't believe it's already been 10 years that this movie's been yeah. out. It was directed by Matthew Vaughn. You have Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays Dave, also kick-ass in this film. You have Christopher Mintz Plus, who plays Chris D'Amico, who is also Red Mist. And I got mixed up because I was assuming that it was in this movie, but it's the second one where he becomes the motherfucker. Yeah. So, I don't like the second one. I don't either. It's but like, I actually like not good at all. No, but <laughs> I, I like him as the motherfucker. <laughs> I think that's a way better character. Yeah. You have Clark Duke who plays Marty, his best friend. Mm-hmm. You have Chloe Grace Moretz, who plays Hit Girl. And you're, wait- you're waiting for the, the best for last, oh, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> I'm saving him. You have Evan Peters in here, who plays Todd, his other friend, yeah. which is weird because this is one of the only movies where Aaron Taylor Johnson and Evan Peters are in the same movie, which they were both Quicksilver in Matthew Vaughn films. Oh, because he did the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Which so, I've never seen any of them. Eh, some of them are okay. <laughs> you have Lindsay Forseca, who plays Katie, the love interest. You have Mark Strong, the main antagonist, who plays Frank DeMarco. And, of course, <laughs> you have Nicolas Cage, who plays Big Daddy. <laughs> and that is your cast. Uh, yeah, and essentially what this movie is is about this kid named Dave, who is kind of just like this nerdy loser kid in high school and um he ends up and he's like a really big fan of like comic books him and his buddies and then he decides to just become a fucking superhero and try to really really do it um and yeah i mean i almost have like nothing bad to say about this movie no i mean most of the stuff aged really well like even like the blood and gore of it like you can tell it's cgi but it's still good cgi yeah it's not terrible and i mean so uh, my favorite aspect of this movie, again, was kind of like how serious they actually like kind of took or how they take the um, the action sequences. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell they were actually like really well choreographed and the action is actually shot really well. Yeah. Like the camera movements and stuff and, and, and the choreography of, of and, and the placement of everybody is like really, really good because this movie doesn't fall into one of those weird situations where like John Wick kind of falls into mm-hmm. for me where it's like John Wick although cool 
there's there's often moments in in John Wick in where you can literally like see the actors. There's so many bad guys, right? Like mm-hmm. surrounding John Wick, and you can literally see them like waiting for their turn to go after him, and then he just like kicks them in the face or whatever and shoots them, and then he kills them. So you're like literally like seeing these actors kind of like waiting for their time to go in. And in this movie, you don't really have that. Like, although like there's like you know like the apartment scene mm-hmm. where where um Hit Girl like comes into and she's got like her fucking awesome double yeah the double like, katanas yeah thing like that thing is so <laughs> cool, right? And like she's surrounded by people, but like. It's not so many people that, like, you can literally see, like, the actors, like, waiting for their turn or whatever. And it's just filmed in a way that, like, it all feels very fluent and, like, very realistic. I call that the Assassin's Creed effect. Why is that? Because that's literally the gameplay in that. They're all just, like, waiting for their... Literally, you fight one person and they're all crowding around you and you just choose which one to fight first. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, uh, games have always done that wrong and movies have always done that wrong. Yeah. Plus, I like, too, that they really decided with the action sequences because it's so easy to be like, ooh, here's shaky cam for it. Right, yeah. Which a lot of action scenes do that. Mm -hmm. And it pisses me off because it's like... Shaky cam is just a lazy way. You're giving way me vertigo of... while watching yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoyed that. I think characters of Big Daddy and Hit Girl really brought an element of like realness to this film. Yeah. Where it's like, look what you can actually do if you have training and if you know what you're doing. Yeah. And then you have the comedy side of Dave who has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. And he's just got like the batons and he's just trying to hit like that first scene where he's stopping the three guys from beating up one guy. Yeah. And it's literally just 15 minutes of him, like <laughs> just wailing around yeah. and trying to win. Yeah. And like knowing <laughs> that like, he's getting beat. Also, I love how like realistic they, well, not like, cause again, like this movie definitely like, it has to fall into the stereotype of like, there really is like this big main bad guy. Mm-hmm. And like in reality, like, this type of stuff isn't really happening, at least not to this degree of like re- insanity. Um, but like, you know, he's like he's like already and pumped up, ready to go, and then he's just like walking around, and there's like no crime to be to be fought. Then he's just like, well, I guess I'll just go save this fucking cat. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's like, like so. That's realistic. all I gotta do. Yeah, it is just, but it's like really realistic, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do remember the first time that I watched this movie being actually kind of jaw dropped on when he gets stabbed the first yes. time, and it's very like almost out of nowhere like mm-hmm. you not even out of nowhere it's just the movie is very lighthearted. like in the beginning like you know and and you know he's got like the funny little like side thing where he's like if you're looking for a, like an avenge my mother story you're not gonna yeah. get that and they like kind of pan over to it and he's like it's like very like comic booky but then like when he really gets into like the his like, first altercation and he gets stabbed mm-hmm. and like legitimately stabbed and then hit and, by a and car and it takes it real serious right mm-hmm. and like the blood is there and yeah and then like and the acting of him like like it really feels like oh he just actually got stabbed mm-hmm. and and then like when he gets hit by the car and he's like all types of fucked up i mean it's like oh this movie uh this is going down a road that i wasn't actually expecting yeah and that's why like they brought that real seriousness to it one thing that like i wish they did a little bit more of because they do it a lot like in the beginning is matthew vaughn really had kind of like this message in the beginning i don't know if you picked it up where Dave is constantly talking about, like, you know, it's so easy for, like, people to just, like, look out their window and see crime happening or, like, see somebody getting beat up and turn away and not do anything. Mm -hmm. And Kick-Ass is supposed to be, like, this person who comes in and, like, helps these people when nobody else will. Yeah. 
And they do that for like the first half of the film, and then it kind of like, like fades away. They they lose the message a little bit, yeah. Which I really enjoyed that in the beginning, where it's like, look at this, where like they're actually trying to say something, yeah. that is meaningful in this world, mm-hmm. and then let's just crank it up to ten of like ridiculousness, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we have to talk about the introduction scene to Nicolas Cage in this fucking movie. The introduction to Big Daddy mm-hmm. is one of my favorite introductions to of a character because it's literally just him shooting his like twelve year old daughter in the chest. Yes, like <laughs> to let to let her feel what a bulletproof vest feels like. Yeah, and like, but he's also like really intelligent. He is the way that they're like talking about like the like the mathematics of like the velocity of the bullet traveling at this speed, at this distance, what it's going to do to you and all that. Like he's really got this down to like a T, yeah. but he's also insane. Yeah. <laughs> cause, I mean, cause he was a detective and then I guess they framed him for murder and then he went to jail and then he got out. And now like yeah. he's trying to be this Avenger where big daddy and hit girl actually have like the comic book background story that you're looking for in this. Yeah. And then, you have the opposite with Dave where it's just like, ah, I'm just going to be it. <laughs> yeah. But big daddy as a character was really cool. Um, not only because like he kind of looked way too much like Batman. That's like the point I get. I, I think, think so. He, if you notice too, like the way that he talks is so weird yeah. to like have this alias to him. Yeah. And I guess he modeled kick that ass, <laughs> ass kick, like very robotic. Yeah, it's like William Shatner. Yeah, well, he <laughs> actually modeled it after um, Adam West Batman. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Which I was like, cool. Like Nicolas Cage is is weird. Yeah, and he has his Nicolas Cage moment in this movie too, oh, for sure. When when like they get caught oh. and like he's being lit on fire. Yeah, which is really an intense scene. It is, and the way that he's screaming. Where he's like telling his daughter what now to do. Now switch to kryptonite! <laughs> but like the way that he's doing it is just, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, this movie goes to a dark place. It does. And you really don't expect it for like most mm-hmm. of it. No. Um, I also like too how they kind of, again, they, they did it a lot in the beginning and then didn't do anything with it afterwards. But they really kind of like play off in the beginning where when Dave gets hit by the car and after he gets stabbed, like he has all the metal plates in him yeah. and he has like burnt nerve endings. Yeah. So he can't really feel anything. Right. So in a sense, that's kind of his power. His superpower right. is that like he can't feel most pains. pain. Yeah. So he can take Except a beating. for emotional pain. Yes. <laughs> because you know, there's always got to be a love interest. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of this love story, but I, it, it doesn't it, annoy me as much as most do. Yeah. Like, it works. Yeah. Because it's a comic book movie, so it's taking kind of like a Spider-Man role of like, oh, look at Peter Parker and Mary Jane, and then Spider-Man's involved. Yeah. Even though Gwen Stacy was the better choice. I don't know enough about Spider-Man to, like, act. I I don't even know who Gwen Stacy is. She was this blonde goth girl that was, like, his... Real you love interest. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Three when Tobey Maguire went like golf and he was like walking down the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, I don't... and he's like bopping to the music and he ends up like going into like a weird restaurant or something and jumping on the table or something. Yeah, I don't want to talk about <laughs> Spider-Man Three. I I will say, not the most popular vote, but I will say that that Venom is better than Tom the... Hardy's. I will say that, and that sucks because I like Tom Hardy, but. I never saw that one. I heard it was really a bad movie. It's not that good. Yeah. But I, that's why, like, Venom makes more sense in the Tobey Maguire one. Yeah, there was a there was a review that I that I read. Either I read or watched. I don't remember. Because, again, I don't really care. I like to stay, like, in the world of, like, yeah, let's see how this movie was. Yeah. But I don't actually care enough to go see it. And I just remember the, the critic being, like, 
you put Venom in a mostly black movie, like like all of Venom's scenes are like when it's like pitch black outside, mm-hmm. it's like dark, and it's like and Venom is like like just night midnight black. Yeah. So it's like we can't see anything that's going on. <laughs> I know. I was really excited for that, but that was a disappointment. Yeah. Um there was a point though, like later on in the story, mm-hmm. like once, you know, Dave comes to Katie and's like, Hey, listen, I'm kick ass. And I'm also not gay. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I thought that was actually like a fun kind of like little twist on it in which like he he wants the girl Mm -hmm. and he thinks that she's finally interested. And then she just thinks that he's gay. And then he just kind of goes along with it just to like be near her and like stay with her. Aren't kids so cruel, though, to be like, hey, he got hit by a car. He must be gay. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, what a weird rumor to start. Kids get hit by cars. Yeah. Like uh, what the fuck? But I mean, when he tells her like hey i'm kick-ass and also i'm not gay and i'm into you and like she actually is like you know what i like you and then it it goes like way too far for a point of like the love story yeah where it's just like yeah let's go bang outside the comic book shop and then like you know she wants him to not be kick-ass anymore and he says like yeah you know what i'm done and then immediately afterwards is like hey i gotta do one last kick-ass job yeah and it's like all right, be careful. <laughs> it's like you you didn't put your foot down hard you know, enough. You know there. what's also cr- the craziest part of this movie is the bazooka. Is the there's the fact that um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays Dave, ends up turning into Ray from uh, Nocturnal Animals. Do you remember? Do you remember Nocturnal Animals? I do remember do you, Nocturnal. Do, the main the main antagonist is is him. Is it? Yeah, the one that like rapes and kills the daughters. Oh, the main guy. Really? Yeah, that's him. Hmm. And really Aaron good Taylor acting. Johnson has like a weird filmography. Yeah, because he's done this, and then he's done Quicksilver and the X Men movies, yeah. and then he was also in the Godzilla. And movie. he's not even—he's not American. I think he's British. Yeah, I don't mind him as an actor. I think I think like, he's good. I like—I really like him a lot, and I think he plays a hell of a role in Nocturnal Animals. Mm-hmm. I think he's fucking like slimy and gr- like he literally, like every time he's on screen, you're just like, I need to take a shower. Oh fuck. Yeah. Now I remember. Okay. <laughs> you ju- It just clicked. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. lying to me for the past four <laughs> minutes of what you're like. <laughs> well, I was thinking of the other Jake Gyllenhaal movie that we did. What? Uh, uh Fucking. Oh, I can't even think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of Nightcrawler and I was you like, I don't he remember his, him in that. His Indian <laughs> sidekick. <laughs> Is <laughs> that Aaron Taylor Johnson? <laughs> oh god! No, now I remember. Yeah, no. In that movie, I did actually like Aaron Taylor Johnson yeah. as the bad guy. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah, good. he he really sold the role. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I I like him as an actor, and I think in this, like, he's young enough that he really portrays the slightly smart but also really shy kid that yeah. just wants to like help and do more. Mm-hmm. So. I, I really like that aspect of it. You know and what then, I wish... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. I was going to say, like... um, And then you have Hit Girl. Yeah. Who is this complete opposite where it's like... She's basically been trained since birth to you do know, this. She's uh, like a killing machine. She's and very you, good. And you would recommend... Like, you can't really say that... Uh, Nicholas Cage's character is a great dad because he's no. kind of just raising like a like <laughs> a, a monster. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's raising a new Punisher. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the last scene, like when she shows up at the hotel to f- kill and fight to Frank DeMarco. Yeah, like incredibly cool on like how well she is like as a, a fighter and a killer. 
She is but quite well. She is the wellest <laughs> at killing. She is the wellest. In terms of stakes, she is medium well. <laughs> but I don't know if you got like this kind of like Western vibe when she first shows up at the hotel and like she murders like the first couple of guys. A Western vibe? No, not really. I got like this weird, like kind of like Django vibe from her, like when Django shows up at the mansion. Oh, because it's like, like down the long hallway, kind of. Is that what you no, mean? No, no, no. Right before that, like when she shows up, like as the schoolgirl, and is like, "I can't find my mommy and daddy," and then like, puts yeah, it the reminds gun. me of Django. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the music that they picked was oh, okay, very Western, okay, okay, and like yeah. it fit very well with this. Yeah. So, what, what was your point? What, what, what did you I, want? To say? I do wish that they like. They kind of set up this, this kind of like weird, not not weird so much, but this relationship that has gone sour with um, Nicolas Cage's character, Big Daddy, and his like ex partner, partner, yeah, and like Nicolas Cage is like going like I think doing Marco? like full blown like comic book like renditions and stuff. And they never quite like go down like their backstory, mm-hmm. but I am interested in it, and I kind of wish it like dove into it a little bit more. Well, there are actual kick-ass comics. See, which I, didn't I, know, think, I didn't know that. I think they talk a little because bit because of this movie, or like was this movie was this I movie based off of? Don't fully remember. I, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but I think the movie came out, and then they created comics about it mm. to kind of flush out a little bit more. Yeah, which isn't the first time that that's happened. No, no, not at all. But yeah, I don't know. I just wish in this movie they they maybe flushed it out a little bit more. Um, Because again, like the sequel to this film does not do really anything. Like you don't like get anything that this movie didn't give you. Yeah. Like there's no like more character development or anything. It's more just kind of like, eh, more killing. But like, I don't know. Like this movie actually has like a really good story and like actually has like characters that for the most part that you actually care about. Yeah. Like when Big Daddy dies. Oh yeah. I actually, it's heartbreaking. I feel that because especially too like, especially the way that he dies. Yeah. It's like, like, again, like just being like lit on fire and like tied to the chair. And then, I mean, it's just like a gruesome death. It is. And like the whole like beating of them too. Yeah. Like, and it's showcasing on like television for everyone to see. Yeah. And then you have hit girl who comes in and like saves the day, but she's not fast enough to save her dad. Yeah. And then you have again, kind of like almost a Batman story with her where it's like now she's an orphan and she has nothing, but she's going to continue doing what needs to be done. Yeah. And you almost get like that point too with like Dave where Dave is like, Oh shit, I'm a little over my head now. Right. Because she has that line where it's like, you know, Dave says, like, if it wasn't for you, I'd be dead. And she's like, well, if it wasn't for you, I would still have a dad. Oh, it's like like right in the fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Got me right in the lungs and then back up about my throat. (laughs) Yeah, it's intense. But, you know, we haven't really talked about um, Frank's character. You know know, what? As an antagonist, he's decent. Like, I like the actor. I do. Mark I, Strong? Yeah, I think Mark Strong. I think Mark Strong has just kind of gotten like typecast at this point. Like, I feel like he's always playing like some mafia head type guy, but he does it well, like, good enough yeah, job. Yeah, like, when you know your niche, like, yeah, work with just, it. Yeah, just fucking go with it. <laughs> um, and, you know, him, like, controlling is like his, like, a few little, like, henchmen type guys, like, the, like the, the, the giant microwave scene. Yes. It's, like, really, like, <laughs> disturbing, but also very funny. What should I put it as? I don't know. I'm not making a hungry man meal here. <laughs> 
but like the way that the man explodes inside yeah. of it, I mean, it's like, oh, okay, like yeah, like you understand like right from the start that like Frank is not to be fucked with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's why I don't you fuck know. with you. <laughs> <laughs> like even so, like when he is just driving around and he sees like the the kick-ass impersonator because like he went to a birthday party or something like that and he gets out of the car and roundhouse kicks the guy (laughs) and then just shoots like the guy that saw and then shoots him right in the head yeah he's not he's not a man that you tread on but it's and then his son is like so opposite and like he's such like a little whiny little bitch yeah but also like just has like the finances and stuff to like kind of back up his shit so, like, it's kind of annoying because he gets yeah. away with too much shit for too long. And, like, it's it's annoying as a viewer because you're just, like, you are not, like, a very good villain. Like, exactly. Like, your dad is the main villain. You are just this little, like, puppet that just wants to be your dad so badly, but you're not. I mean, he, you're McLovin. Like, that's who you are. Like, <laughs> that's what everyone knows you like, as. I can't take you that seriously. Yeah, you know? like, especially, too, when he becomes, like, Red Mist. Yeah. And, like, he gets He's got the, the fucking, like, and car, like, yeah. whatever it is, the WRX, and it's just like, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's driving around, he's like, hey, you want a hit of this? I feel like it takes the edge off a fight. And I'm like... <laughs> What? Who are you trying to be? Like, do you want to be a superhero or do you want to be a supervillain? Or a fucking, like, lead singer of a punk rock band. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, I, 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 but it's also, like, good, like, character writing because it's, like, it's, like, a character that you hate, but you're so also so, like, supposed to hate. Yeah. And, and, and it's a character that you're, like, you are nothing, but again, like, he's, that's what he's supposed to be. Yeah, I always bring it back to wrestling because it's like cuz in wrestling like they're called heels for the bad guys. And you you have a true heel when they're doing shitty things and you hate them because of it. It's not like cheap heel heat where it's like oh like you're, you're using all I don't know <laughs> these terms I don't know what you're saying right now well basically it's like you're the bad guy and like you're not just saying stupid shit where it's like hey you live in Orlando and Orlando sucks like oh, you're, okay. you're actually being a you're dick actually going and out I and murdering children for, yeah <laughs> like I hate you for it yeah. so he plays that part of it very well because yeah, I actually your favorite wrestler him. of all time my favorite wrestler of all, all time, time. <sighs> uh Jericho Chris Jericho? Yeah, Jericho's great. He's he's still relevant today, and he constantly has had this edge of, of like all of the characters of he, of all he of WWE and WWF reinvents himself and stays relevant and stays with the times while still being like a fantastic performer. Talker entrance is great. Th- like man, fuck I, you. I, fuck I you. I like Rakishi. No. <laughs> <laughs> that big ass. <laughs> oh, oh! If I had to choose, I don't watch WWE like at all. But I, I used to when I was a kid, and I mean, it's probably like a cop out answer. But I just, I've always loved the Undertaker. I knew you were gonna say, but he's that. the best. And like Kane with the mask, young Kane with the mask is mm-hmm. badass. Yeah. Once, once I got Mick to like certain, Foley. Yeah, Mick Foley was fantastic. You can't, you can't tell me fucking Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Triple Jericho? H is better than Chris Jericho. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Chris Jericho is so much better than Triple H. <laughs> well, doesn't Triple H like own WWE now? Yeah, because he married Vince's daughter. Yeah. So it's like, like, but that's like real. That's like like yeah, they're actually, actually like husband real. and wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a uh, what a ball. He shaved his head though. Yeah, well, he he played the long-term booking there where it's like, hey, I'm going to marry your daughter, and now I have power of your business when you die. I'm banging your daughter, <laughs> and I own your business. So he he made out the smartest way. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, back to kick-ass, I guess. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Frank as an antagonist, I think, 
for the most part, a little corny, a little stereotypical, but for the type of film that this is, he fits it, well. It, I with think it. it fits well, and again, like the the style of this film in which it like it's kind of tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. It's okay, like it kind of gets a pass, you know. Like this isn't a movie in which you really like when when you go to sit down and watch Kick Ass. You're not initially thinking like, oh man, I'm going to get into a fucking great, a great, fantastic Oscar worthy film with amazing characters and you know, all that. Like that's not what you came here for, Mm -hmm. but you do get some decent characters and you get, you do, you do get a surprising amount of like character development and whatnot, especially with like Dave and, um, you know, whatever, all, all like the little characters in between and, Mm -hmm. you know, big daddy and the daughter and all that. So like like slightly, slightly like, you know, surprising. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, it kind of still gives into, like, those little, like, stereotypical tropes of, you know, like, this is also a superhero movie that, remember, like, we're not taking this that seriously. Yeah. And, it, again, like, this movie sits in, like, a weird place in where it really, like, kind of found that balance perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, it's a great film. Very well put, Frank. Thanks. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I really enjoy this film, like, just as, like, what it is and what it's trying to be. Yeah. Um, I know, too, that Matthew Vaughn, like, ended up... I think for a while, like, because no studio would actually, like, support him for it. Like, it was, I forget which one. It was, like, down to one, and they were, like, either get rid of Hit Girl or make her 19, and then we'll produce this movie. And he was like, nah. That, what a weird, like... <laughs> and I guess like, Hit Girl, like, had some weird shit to them. I don't know. But, make her she has to be of age yeah like, okay why <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know but then that schoolgirl scene would have been really weird i mean it's it, anytime there's a like fucking natalie portman and v for vendetta like that's weird yeah that is. <laughs> she she has a schoolgirl scene that's always strange yeah, i guess this well this makes more sense because it's like chloe is actually like a child so for yeah. her to be like eh. even like what's her name Co- oh what the fuck's her name uh from kill bill like the the one with the like the swinging ball, like oh, she's yeah, in the yeah. Yoko or whatever her name is. I think I don't. She's know. it's always like strange to watch like like an adult woman in a schoolgirl outfit that's not in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. it's always as odd. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, this is a fun movie. I mean, if you haven't watched Kick Ass, I highly encourage you to sit down and watch it. I mean, again, it's 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 got some gore, like mm-hmm. like like the, the the um the action scenes are not. I think this movie's got to be rated R, right? I think so. It's got to be. Like, yeah. it, it, the, the amount of blood that's in this film, like they don't like they definitely don't shy away from it. It's definitely an adult comic book film. Um but it's really fun. Like mm-hmm. it's a very fun like popcorn movie. Yeah. Absolutely encourage it. So, cool. Awesome. Zach? Frank? You have a recommendation? I do. Now, I don't remember much of 2007 <laughs> as most people my age. <laughs> However, 2007 did bring about one album Ooh, it's a music recommendation. It is a music recommendation. Um, one album that I recently like re-listened to, and I found myself where once again, like when we recommended like the Jimi Hendrix first album, Are You Experience, where like every song is just it's like just banger good. after banger. <laughs> and I don't know how much you're into in terms of like kind of folk rock. Mm-hmm. Um, but in two thousand seven or yeah, in two thousand seven the band The Fratellis made an album called Costello Music. And this album probably has, like, most of their most famous songs. Like, if you don't know who The Fratellis are, you probably know, like, one or two songs. Like, Henrietta is, like, one of their biggest ones. Um, Flathead, Chelsea Dagger, um, Old Black and Blue Eyes, like, stuff like that. But it's just, like, this really nice blend of 
folk music and like hard rock mm. that is very kind of reminiscent to um almost a blend in my opinion of Arctic Monkeys album AM the good one <laughs> hey man they got a couple eh. <laughs> you know you know it's really funny i'm sorry mm. just to, just to like sidetrack real mm. quick i remember uh i was reading this thing it was like it was like when arctic monkeys first formed their band none of their none of the the, mem- the members actually knew how to play any instruments oh that's funny and then and then everybody was just like commenting underneath and everyone's like they still don't know how to play any instruments <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was pretty good but they love the ending of 505 yeah that's a fucking good song it man. is but they love playing the last ending of that uh my your fit or what is it my favorite worst nightmare your favorite worst nightmare the album that's probably my favorite arctic monkeys album okay but anyway okay so yeah, i wouldn't so, really call arctic monkeys though hard rock no <laughs> but they have like this kind of like blend to them um yeah. much too like the black keys mm-hmm. like they have like this kind of folk rock blend to them yeah and the fratellis had that too and in my opinion like the fratellis like coming out years and years prior i think they kind of like knew what they were doing and that opened the doorway for a lot of bands mm. um that might be going a little far but i i really like the fratellis in terms of this album cool you, Most, don't, you can't like speak to anything else really i've tried like with other stuff this really is like their best album okay um but at the same time it's one after one it's after a one of like <laughs> fantastic yeah. songs cool i never i, I never let's do I, I like folk and i like hard rock so Cool. Yeah. Um, so the album is called what again? Sorry to put you on the spot. Costello Music. Costello Music by the Fratellis. Yep. Awesome. Thank Frank, you, Zach. What are we doing next? Oh, Zachary. Uh-oh. I think it's time that you and I finally go down the road of Francis Ford Coppola. And we are going to be doing Godfather Two, <laughs> Godfather <laughs> Part Three. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> um, no, we are going to be doing one of my favorite Vietnam films of all time, mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now. Ooh, Redux or regular? Just regular. I okay. don't like Redux because it's just an extra hour about of just scenes that are not really necessary and it makes the movie kind of drag and almost kind of ruins it for me. Okay. Um, so we're going to go with the original 1979 uh, release. So if you haven't seen Apocalypse Now and you really uh, want to like understand the conversation that is going to happen next week, I highly, highly encourage you to seek it out, find it, and watch it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed with Apocalypse Now. Um, Zach? Take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, fuck this shit. I'm getting the bazooka.